But I want to get into the Word of God this morning. I want to share a Thanksgiving message with you, uh, as it's only uh, appropriate this time of year. And, and as I was praying and asking the Lord what message should, or what passage of Scripture, what direction should we take for this uh, service today, I, I, I could not escape this one story in the Bible. It's, it's, it's one of the most poignant stories in the Bible. Uh, it's one that immediately comes to my mind every year around this time of year because it has to do with thanks. It's about Jesus' encounter with ten lepers, and you find that story in Luke 17. It's a story that often gets retold this time of year because it's a story about giving thanks. If you remember the story, in a nutshell, it's this. Jesus heals ten lepers. He heals ten lepers, but only one returns to thank Him. And that sounds about right, right? That sounds just about right. The Lord rains down His blessings on people every day, but most of us don't stop to thank Him for it. We wake up every morning to see the sun shining, but we don't think to praise the Lord for the warmth that it's bringing to us. We eat food He's provided to us, but we don't pause long enough to thank Him for the nourishment that we gain from that food. Um, we climb in our cars, drive off to work, but we never stop to thank Him for the health and the strength He's given us for us to earn that paycheck, keep that roof over our heads. We're guilty, aren't we, of being ungrateful, not grateful people. The truth is, and we know this, and this is why I think it's important for us to pause occasionally, and particularly at this time of year, it's, it's important for us to stop and think about all the ways the Lord has blessed us. He has blessed us far more than we realize and far more than we deserve. It's important that we as His children, how many of you claim to be a son or daughter of the Lord? You have given your heart to Jesus. His Spirit lives inside of you. He has birthed you and brought you into His family. Okay, good. Well, listen, this message is really for you. We, because we, we need to contemplate or think about these things this morning because it's, it's, it's important for us as his sons and daughters to realize how we should properly, properly respond to all the ways he has blessed us. It keeps us where we need to be. It keeps us in a, in, in a receiving place, if you will, for the grace and the blessings of God that He wants to lavish on us. It, and this is why I want to share this story this morning. In this story, we learn that the only proper response to God for all that He's done and all that He is yet to do is to praise Him from a grateful heart. It's to spend our entire life expressing gratitude and praise to Him for what He's done and what He is yet to do. Let's read this story real quickly, and we're going to move pretty quickly through it because the turkey is ready, and they're cutting the ham, and I'm frankly hungry, okay? So here we go. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You're so good. You're so good to us. So faithful to us. Even when we prove ourselves faithless, you, can, you remain faithful. You will not disown us. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for the opportunity you've given me to share a word with this wonderful group of people this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would pierce through the pride and the self-centeredness and the self-righteousness that we struggle with and help us to see ourselves as we truly are, a needy people who are lost and undone except for you. Unless you show us love, unless you show us pity and mercy, Lord, we've got nothing but you are a good God and a gracious God, and you lavish your love on us as your children because that's who we are, your children. So glorify your name through this word this morning. Help us to wrap our minds around its truth and its application and help us to put it into practice so that we can become the people that you desire us to be, Lord. Help us to see the only rightful way, the only proper way to respond to all that you have done for us is simply to, to bow our knee at your feet to give you the praise and the thanks that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There are four lessons that I, I want to draw from this passage of Scripture for us today, and I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. I just hope you follow along. Four lessons that I think we need to learn today as the sons and daughters of God who have been radically transformed by the grace of God. First, we should all see ourselves as lepers. We should all see ourselves as lepers. And you're thinking to yourself, What? I'm not a leper, man. Come on. What are you talking about? Me, a leper? Well, let me explain. Give me a minute. Hang on. Maybe, you, maybe, maybe it'll make more sense in just a moment. I grew up in India, and in, 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 and, I can't speak. and in India, there are still many lepers. Many of them are beggars. I actually had the opportunity to go visit a, 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 leper, a leprosy hospital where they would perform surgeries on lepers to help them recover uh, the use of their hands and their feet. But leprosy in and of itself is an awful disease. Now the Bible, uh, when it speaks of leprosy, it, it speaks of a wide variety of skin diseases. But the worst, in the worst kind of leprosy, it begins with a discoloration of your skin. It begins to turn pinkish or whitish. And then that skin begins to develop boils, which eventually erupt into ulcers, causing this, this disgusting pus to ooze. <laughs> really sounds good before we go eat some turkey, right? <laughs> Follow along. I, I, what I'm trying to do is, 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 is push your appetite down so I'll get more turkey. That's really what it's all about. It's not working. <laughs> but these, these sores begin to ooze a pus, and that pus causes this disgusting foul odor. Let's just say this. In many cases, you smell a leper before you see him. And then, and then the eyebrows begin to fall out. And then the voice becomes hoarse. And the breathing wheezy. The bridge of the nose often collapses. So the face becomes distorted. Nerves die. So the sensation of touch is lost in the extremities. 
As a matter of fact, it, the, the nerves become so dead that often beggars in India will go to sleep around a campfire and they will by accident throw their hand into the campfire. The hand will literally burn off and they'll never even know what happened. Or rats will come up and chew their fingers and their toes off and they'll never even know what happens. Muscles deteriorate. And in later stages of the disease, fingers and toes and hands and feet begin to rot off and fall off. I mean, this is a terrible progression. Leprosy is a terrible progression of death and decay in which a person literally dies by inches. Their body stops functioning as it should. Now, the physical disease of leprosy is awful. But when you combine it with the social consequences of living with leprosy in ancient Israel, it only magnifies the misery. The law of Moses required that anyone with leprosy was to be cut off from society, even cut off from family. They were not permitted to live with their families or in their communities anymore. They had to go outside the walls of the city and live in the wilderness areas where they would often congregate together in little communities. We still see that going on in India, by the way. There are still leper colonies where lepers will tend to congregate by themselves because they're not accepted by society. Lepers were required by the law of Moses to wear torn clothing. They were required to cover their faces and they were required to shout unclean, unclean whenever they went, wherever they went in order to warn others that they were approaching. One Jewish historian, Josephus, said that Jews treated lepers as if they were dead men. And you're telling me, Pastor Mark, I'm supposed to look at myself and see myself as a leper? Well, see, some of us have already experienced all that I've just talked about. You literally, your, 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 your life was dying by inches. The sin in your life was causing death and destruction and havoc. And the sin in your life was separating you from your families and your communities. You were no longer welcome at Thanksgiving in some of your homes. Remember what I'm talking about? Anybody? You see, one of the lessons we need to learn today as we spend time in thanksgiving, especially as we spend time thanking the Lord for all He's done, is, is we really need to stop and consider who we were without Christ. We were spiritual lepers, dying literally by inches, our lives falling apart, everything in us and about us rotting falling apart, dying, decaying. Come on, y'all remember where we were before Christ? Before Christ? God wants us to see ourselves in our natural state as being spiritual lepers. God wants us to see that without Christ, we are all sick with sin and all unclean before a holy God. Isaiah 64, 6 in the Amplified Bible says it, says it this way. For we have all become like one who is ceremonially unclean, like a leper. And all our deeds of righteousness are like filthy rags. We all wither and decay like a leaf. And our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, like the wind, takes us away. Carrying us far from God's favor toward destruction. Look, in other words, what Isaiah is saying is without Christ, we are all just spiritual lepers suffering from the disease of sin. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. I mean, we, we could take the leprosy metaphor even further. 
We could talk about all the separation and we could talk about how, how sin is like that disease that eats away at the health of our inner man, the health of our homes, the health of our communities. But really, I, I want to stop and just say this. Unless God steps in through the grace of Christ Jesus to save us from this awful disease of sin, we will continue to suffer spiritual decay. We will continue to suffer spiritual separation and we will eventually without Christ, suffer spiritual death. Which is exactly what it says in Romans 6.23 when Paul writes, for the wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. The gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Look, we're all just a bunch of spiritual lepers. We're all just a bunch of beggars. We desperately, all of us, need a Savior. We need a healer. We need a deliverer. We need somebody who will turn our situation around, turn us, if, turn, turn this mess that we're in and make it a message. Turn this test that we're in and turn it into a testimony. We need somebody to step into our situation and change our lives. Thank God for Jesus Christ who does that. Look, we've got to see ourselves as nothing more than spiritual lepers in desperate need of God's help. Otherwise, otherwise our pride will keep us from calling out for his help. Listen to me. Some of us right now, we have yet to call out for the help of God, and that's why the disease of sin continues to progress. You get that? Because the second lesson we need to learn is this. The lesson for all of us lepers, and that's why the uh, message title is Lessons, Lessons for Lepers, because we're all one. The second lesson is this. We need to call out to Jesus, the master, for help. And that's exactly what the lepers did in verse 13. It says, the lepers stood off at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master! Remember, the voices were hoarse. Have pity on us. I think it's important we realize that they recognized Jesus by name. They recognized who he was and they called out his name. But the most important thing I think we need to realize is this. They also recognized Jesus' authority as Master or as Lord. They recognized his name, but they also recognized his authority. You see, they believed, these lepers, this group of ten, believed that Jesus had the power to help them. They believed that he had the power to heal them. They believed that he had the power to change their situation. So in their desperation, they cried out to him for his help. And there's good news in this for us today. For all of us lepers... There's good news, and the good news is this, that God delights in showing us his mercy if we will simply cry out to him for our need. Listen, Romans 10, 12 through 13 says, Jews and Gentiles are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Man, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, have you called out to the Lord for his help? Have you called out to the Lord for his help? If you've come today and need help, the remedy is Jesus. Call out to Jesus because he has the authority as Lord and Master to meet any and all of your needs. Third lesson for lepers. The third lesson for lepers like us is this. We simply ought to do what he says. We simply ought to do what he says. Verse 14 says that when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went... They were cleansed. And as they went, 
they were cleansed. Sounds like a process, doesn't it? These guys weren't healed instantaneously, but it says they were cleansed as they went. And I wonder, I wonder how many steps they took before they noticed that the healing had begun. Maybe 12 steps? I don't know, just saying. Just saying. You like that, Chris? I thought you'd like that. I don't know. And we're not told this either, but I wonder, I wonder if these guys debated among themselves the wisdom of following Jesus' command. I can just hear one of them saying to somebody, hey man, we're going to look like fools showing up to the priest because we're not even well yet. They're just going to throw us out. They're not even going to let us into town. Or I can hear another one saying, I can't walk that far on these stinking feet. Or I can hear another one coming up and saying, well, that's not the way he healed the other lepers. Why is he doing it differently with me? Excuses, excuses. I would venture to say most of us sitting in this room who haven't yet cried out to Jesus for help. Excuse me. Back up. This is is off the cuff, and forgive me if it feels like I'm condemning somebody. I'm not. I, I hope it leads to conviction. But I imagine there are a lot of people in this room that the Lord has already spoken to you. You know what to do. You just don't want to do it, and you're making an excuse as to why you shouldn't. Does that make sense? Well, listen to me, fellow leper. You want your situation to change? Simply do what he's told you to do. It's amazing. It's amazing how God will bless your obedience. Simply do what he says to do. You see, the only condition for any of us to receive help from the Lord is simply to take him at his word and act on it. That's really the only condition that's set on it. That's, that's what faith is. Faith is taking action on what the Lord has told you to do. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Jesus says again in Luke eleven twenty eight. but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Many of us already know what to do. It's just we're making up excuses as to why we're not going to do it. Well, maybe, maybe, fellow leper, it's time to take a step. Because as you go, you will be cleansed. As you go, your family will be restored. As you go, your life will be turned right side up again. That brings me to the fourth lesson. Fourth lesson for lepers, and I think it's the one that's most appropriate for this Thanksgiving season. The only proper response for lepers like us, the only proper response for spiritual lepers who have been made whole by Christ, The only proper response for those of us who are sinners saved by God's grace, who are people blessed by God on a daily basis, is to simply praise God out of a thankful heart. Verse 15 says that one of them, one of these lepers, when he saw that he was healed, he came back. He came back praising God in a loud voice. Now listen to what I... If leprosy had stolen his voice then Jesus had given it back to him. Thank you, Cliff, for that. You got it. If leprosy had stolen his voice, then this leper was going to give it back to him. And he was going to use this voice to bring praise and honor to God. 
and he was going to lift it as, he's going to say it as loudly and proudly as he could. Thank you, Jesus, for touching my life. What the devil had stolen, Christ gave him back, and the leper used what the Lord had given him back to express glory and praise to God. Can I tell you something? I've watched too many people whose lives got turned right side up again only to squander those lives. They didn't use those lives to honor God. Instead, they squandered their lives and did their own thing right back to the same pit they came from. Verse 16 says this. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Just a few moments before, the leper was required by the law of Moses to keep his distance from Jesus because of his condition. But now that the leper was healed, he could approach Jesus without fear and without shame, and that's exactly what he did. He humbled himself at the feet of Jesus to thank him for all that Jesus had done to change his life. Let me tell you, friends, this is the only reasonable and proper response to the Lord, to praise Him with thankful hearts for all He's done. Hebrews 13.5 says it this way, Through Him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Our problem sometimes, you know, is it really, can you really express gratitude without saying so, without saying it? I can feel grateful all I want but until it actually comes out my mouth and is expressed some way, is it, is it really gratitude at all? No. Our problem is sometimes we, keep, we feel grateful, but there's never any expression of it. Never any expression of it. And that's my challenge for you this, this week, is to find a way to express your gratitude to the Lord for what He has done in your life. I'm, I'm scanning this group of people, and I'm telling you, there are some amazing stories in this room. Every one of you represent a story, and all those stories are amazing. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. But isn't it good to know now that God is working all things together for our good? And he's, not, he, he's still writing. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be a great story. But did you stop this week to really thank him for what he's done? Did you, did you stop this week to offer him the praise that he deserves? You see, all ten lepers were cleansed. Think about this for just a moment. All ten lepers were cleansed. And all ten lepers received a blessing from the Lord. All ten lepers received His mercy. All ten lepers received His grace. They received His healing in their lives. All ten enjoyed the benefits of Christ's power at work in them. All ten lepers received the unmerited favor of God in their lives. But only one leper came back to praise the Lord. Only one fell at His feet. Only one worshiped Jesus as Lord. Only one thanked Christ for what he had done. And I don't know about you, one of the saddest questions in the entire Bible is the question that Jesus asks when he says, where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? I mean, if you listen carefully, 
you can hear surprise in his voice. You can hear shock. I think you can even hear some sadness. Where are the other nine? Jesus wanted to know where they were. Jesus wanted to know about them. Weren't they healed? Why didn't they come back? Well, the answer is this. I think the answer is this. The other nine got what they wanted, and they left. Jesus performed a mighty miracle for them. He lavished his love on them, and then they said, thanks, Lord, I can take it from here. They're like kids who eat their fill at the dinner table, and then they get up and run away without saying a word of thanks to their mother that prepared it for them. We're full now. We're going to go out and play. Look, this is a mistake that a lot of us make. If we're not careful, this is the mistake that we're prone to make. We have so little sense of what God has done for us. He saved us. He's healed us. He's delivered us. He set us free. He's restored us back to our families. He's provided for our needs. But you know what? Often we don't love the Lord very much or feel grateful for those blessings. Instead, we feel entitled. We get what we want from him, then we walk away. I don't know about you. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. The reformers looked at salvation this way, and I want to present it to you. The, the, the reformers looked at salvation this way. It's three, three phases. Guilt, grace, and gratitude. And this is off the cuff. It's not on the notes, so if you want to write it down, great. I wish you would. Guilt, grace, and gratitude. Until we understand how guilty we are, we'll never fully understand how amazing His grace is. And if we never realize how amazing His grace is, we'll never live with the gratitude that we should live with. Man, I'm looking at some of you, and I know what God has delivered you from. I know what he has done in your life. I see the expressions of joy on your face when you get to spend time with your kids. I see your Facebook posts and you're giving God the glory. Well, you know what? That's not something that stops. That's something that goes on throughout your lifetime. Where you recognize his mercy and his grace and his kindness and his goodness. Every moment of every day, it's a lifestyle that we live. A lifestyle of gratitude. So as we enter this Thanksgiving week, I'm really, I guess, CLF, I'm asking you to check your heart. Check your heart. Are you living your life every day as an expression of gratitude to the Lord? Does the Lord really know how grateful you are to Him for all that He's done for you? You see, one more thing, one more lesson. Let me throw in a fifth one here. And maybe this is the most important one, and, and it really came to me this morning. You see, offering thanks to the Lord really does make a difference in your life. Think about this. Ten lepers were miraculously cleansed, but only one returned to bow before the Lord in praise and thanksgiving. Nine lepers, if you remember, received only one miracle, but one leper received two miracles. Follow me. 
Nine lepers received one miracle. The one leper received two miracles. Verse 19 says this, Then Jesus said to him, the leper, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Not only did the one leper receive a physical healing from Jesus, that leper also received a spiritual healing from Jesus. Not only was his body cleansed, but his soul was cleansed and made whole. There are a lot of people who experience the grace of God in their life. Maybe they're allowed to, maybe, maybe God gives them the grace to overcome that addiction. Maybe God gives them the grace to, res- to restore that marriage. Maybe God gives them the grace to gain that career back. And then they go their merry way when they get what they want. But those who will humble themselves before the Lord and offer Him their praise and their thanks in an ongoing way, expressing their gratitude to the Lord every day for what He's done, keep themselves in a position to receive more and more of His grace more and more of his blood. Does that make sense? Never, ever underestimate the power of gratitude. Never underestimate the power of gratitude to your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We really are just a bunch of lepers. Oh, we've done nothing to merit your favor. And if we were honest with ourselves, we would acknowledge our guilt before you. But you love us anyway. And you take mercy on us. And you show kindness to us. And you lavish your love on us. And it's that love that transforms us. It's that love that cleanses us of that spiritual leprosy and sets us free. You take us and all of our filth and you cleanse us with a washing of the Word and the Spirit. You make us brand new. You bring us into your family. You adopt us as your own. Make us your sons and your daughters. How amazing you are, God. And not one of us deserves it. Not one of us deserves it. But yet here we stand. Awed by your grace. Oh, Father, you've blessed us in so many ways. You've blessed us in so many ways. We've seen your hand at work. And I pray that we wouldn't take any of that for granted. That we would stay overwhelmed by your goodness. Overwhelmed by your mercy. That we would be like that one leper that comes and simply wants to bow our knee at your feet. Give you thanks and praise. You're so good.
create in each one of us, Lord, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude, Lord, that gives you the praise and the thanks you deserve.